Hi, I'm Michaela from Columbus, and I would absolutely recommend 3C. Because the accident wasn't my fault, 3C stepped in to handle the other person's insurance company, so I didn't have to do a thing. While they were fixing up my bumper, they actually fixed up a few of the scratches that were there, and now it looks brand new. I would totally recommend 3C to my friends and family, and I have been. <laughs> 3C Potty Shop, the Pharmacy Collision Repair. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here's your host, All right, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. Always glad when you take the time to listen. Um, of course, you can always find me on uh, social media, on Twitter, at the Ranger Report. Facebook, uh, we have a page at the Ranger Report. And I'm joined again by C.J. Berryman. Uh, C.J., how you doing? Doing pretty good, Ben. Uh, up here in Amarillo, where it's, the weather's bipolar, but today was a nice day. Tomorrow should be another nice day. And um, hopefully we have nice days to come as uh, we get closer and closer to spring training. Um, seems like it's gone pretty quickly, but at the same time, slowly. Oh yeah, and we're under we're under forty days now until spring training starts. Never, yeah, it's, it's counting down fast. It seems, but then slow at the same time. I don't know how many times I've said that about so many different things, but oh yeah, and you know, at least we have. When it really gets slow for me is after the Super Bowl when the NFL playoffs are over and then you're just waiting like, you know, 20 days for spring training to start. Yeah, that's the, that's the longest wait. I think that's why it seems like it's going kind of quickly. But I know once the Super Bowl's over, a lot of downtime. Yes, there is. All right, you can also find us. Uh, you, there is a shop on therangerreport.com. Check it out. We put up new merch every couple of weeks. And then uh, we also have a Patreon. You know, if you just feel like uh, helping CJ and I out and uh, donating a little money to us, we would appreciate that. Most certainly. <laughs> All right, well, uh, now that the intro. Oh, and where can they find you on social media? Uh, at CJB underscore RR. At CJB underscore RR. Sounds awesome. All right, let's start. Uh, we're going to play a clip from earlier this week. The Frisco Rough Riders announced that Victor Rojas is going to be their new general manager, and they had a press conference. Uh, we're going to play some clips from that, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is a really exciting day for the Rough Riders, uh, and on a personal level, too. Uh, we're so excited to introduce Victor Rojas. 
as the new president and general manager of the Frisco Rough Riders. Uh, Victor and I first met over a decade ago uh, during my, uh, my Rangers era and uh, immediately clicked, formed a nice rapport, uh, remained in contact over the years, built a real friendship. And uh, about three years ago or so, he and I got together for a, a lunch in Las Colinas and it turned into a three hour all talk. You know, we just sort of covered uh, the whole landscape, the world, families, you know, kids, values, baseball, people, just everything. And uh, it was a great conversation. And in the course of that, uh, I think the thought occurred to both of us that uh, maybe at some point in the future, the stars would align in a fashion where it would make sense to, to consider trying to do something together. And uh, that was when I really learned about the extraordinarily diverse career background and uh, and unique path uh, that Victor has taken. I, mean, I, I had known him through his work on uh, MLB Network and then with the Rangers, and then of course on to his uh, uh, outstanding tenure with, with the Angels, but had not realized all the, the diverse things that he'd done over the years before that. And uh, I, I was impressed, uh, not just by the, the broad spectrum of experiences that he'd had, but at the intellectual curiosity that clear, clearly fueled that. And I, I was really intrigued. Over the years, I've been fortunate. Uh, all four minor league teams that I've, uh, that I've owned and operated uh, through 20 years and about 45 different seasons in four locations, we've always had great day-to-day uh, -day leadership in the management team. You know, going back to the first days in Altoona with Todd Parnell and then through the great leadership we've had in Myrtle Beach uh, with uh, 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 several different general managers, including Ryan Morterday and State College. Uh, with Jason Dombach and now with Scott Walker today. And that was the model in Frisco as well. You know, originally it was Jason Dombach and then uh, Love and, uh, and family brought Jason back to Pennsylvania. Andy Milovich, who'd done such a great job uh, uh, for me in Myrtle Beach, uh, came in to run Frisco. What turned out to be uh, uh, probably the, the most challenging time <clears throat> possible. Um, but the idea has always been, and what's always worked is to have uh, outstanding leadership uh, with the person running the franchise day-to-day -day being the real face of the franchise. And so when Andy uh, decided uh, a couple of months ago to leave the baseball industry and pursue a different opportunity, uh, I took a step back and uh, considered what was best for the Rough Riders going forward. Now, fortunately, we have great uh, veteran leadership in the organization. Scott Burchett, our chief operating officer, who's been uh, with the Rough Riders virtually from inception. Eric Haig, who's been running minor league teams for over two decades, is exceptional. So we were fortunate because we were in a position where we didn't need to bring someone in right away. And it gave me the luxury of, of really thinking long-term and applying some of the lessons that have been learned uh, from, from being in the Metroplex over the last uh, 11 years now, uh, from the experiences that we've had with the Rough Riders over the last five years and seeing what works and what doesn't. And what I concluded is that this was a time to really be bold and to think outside the box and not follow uh, the typical model of, uh, of, of, of taking someone who'd succeeded at one level with a minor league team and then bring them to a larger market in Frisco. The Rough Riders are in such a unique set of circumstances. It's, we're a minor league team in a major league community, uh, and yet we're far larger and more sophisticated than, than uh, your typical minor league franchise. When uh, uh, before the pandemic uh, caused us, unfortunately, to have to pare back so much on our front office staff, we were operating with, uh, with close to 50 full-time people, which is almost three times the normal size of a minor league franchise. So 
we operate on a very different scale from a typical minor league club. And as I thought about Victor, um, I thought, you know, here's a guy who, who's, who's got that major league confidence and, and cachet and swagger, and yet who would never, ever big league anybody because he, he's such a, a wonderful, humble and grounded person with such a deep love of, of, of people, first and foremost, and the game as well. And so after Andy left, I reached out to Victor just to let him know Andy had left. And uh, what then ensued was a conversation um, that continued for a couple of months. And I think each conversation got longer and more engaged and involved more and more stories. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it became clear to us uh, through those conversations that as, uh, as outside the box as this was, it actually was a perfect fit uh, for, for both of us as individuals and most importantly for the Rough Riders as an organization. And uh, the more we talked, the more clear it became that all roads for this franchise and our future ran through Victor Rojas. And that's uh, our new president and general manager and, and my friend, Victor Rojas. Victor? Chuck, I appreciate it. And I don't know if I could follow that up, really. I mean, you're, uh, as I found out over the last couple of months, you're an incredible storyteller. And, and, and just when I think I can uh, try to one-up you, uh, it's impossible because you, <laughs> you follow it up with yet a, another incredible story. But uh, I'm really thankful to you and the ownership group here that uh, you thought that uh, I was uh, worthy enough to uh, to come to Frisco and, and and be a part of this franchise, this organization, this community uh, that I've watched grow uh, for so many years. Uh, I remember Frisco uh, was a sleepy little town that they, you had to take the 121 up to uh, with no toll road from Mansfield when I first moved down there back in 2004 and I joined, joined the Texas Rangers. And uh, what this, uh, this town and this community has turned into has just been incredible and it's still growing and that's the amazing thing. So. Um, the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to be here to, to help grow the franchise, uh, to be a part of it and, and really doing it in my backyard, having moved back to the, uh, the Metroplex about six years ago, uh, it was an opportunity that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't turn down and pass up uh, to get back to the minor leagues and uh, kind of get back to that feel at the, the grassroots level, as, uh, as I like to say, a little piece of Americana. And uh, that's what uh, I want to bring to, uh, to Frisco. And, uh, in kind of in our own way. I think we got a great staff currently as far as a core, and uh, I'm looking to uh, continue to build that as we hopefully get to a uh, to a, a full season or somewhat of a, a semblance of a full season, hopefully sometime in, in May or, or early June. Uh, Chuck and I, like uh, he said, we uh, this, this all came about out of the blue, having gone through the Angels process, and that took me through the end of October pretty much. Um, I was exhausted and I got that random text from, from Chuck about, uh, you know, the opening and, you know, we should talk about it. I knew at the time he was still going through, uh, major league baseball and waiting for the invitations as far as the affiliates, uh, not only here, but also in Myrtle beach and in state college. And so, you know, we just kind of texted back and forth periodically. And, um, you know, it, it evolved from Chuck sending me that text, to. Uh, gauging my pulse on the situation to, uh, to him wanting me to have an MRI, then an EKG, then a stress test, and all of a sudden, uh, here I am. He's in my will now. That's, that's how good of a negotiator he is. I'm paying him on the first and the 15th of every month. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. It was really easy. Um, the longest courtship I've ever been a part of as far as a, a job, but I'm, I'm better off for it. And when I met uh, uh, part of the ownership group uh, last week via Zoom, it just really affirmed uh, 
my wife's belief and my belief that this was uh, the right opportunity at the right time for us to to kind of change paths and uh, and seek out and, and try to conquer uh, new avenues. So uh, I'm thankful for the uh, the organization. I can't wait to do right by uh, the writers' uh, fan base and its partners. And uh, I'm looking forward to to getting going here uh, soon in the next couple of weeks. All right, so that was the Victor Rojas introducing himself to the Frisco Rough Rider crowd. Now, Victor was with the Angels and with the Rangers as a broadcaster, has a little experience in the minor leagues. Uh, do you think, I I mean, it'll probably be a good move for him, and hopefully it'll be a good move for the Rough Riders. What do you think? I think so. Uh, Victor's been around baseball for a long, long time and uh, was with the Rangers for a while alongside uh, Eric Nadell, but obviously uh, – the, the uh, head job was going to be blocked for a while, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, with Nadell being, a, you know, now a Hall of Famer. Uh, but this is going to be interesting because it'll be his first time, obviously, in a, a, a front office position, you know, president, general manager of Frisco. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does there uh, uh, with, the, with, the, with the Angels from 2010 to 2020, so 10 years before that with the Rangers. And then minor league baseball, obviously, uh before before taking over the uh color duties with the rangers yeah. I, I i'm not sure not sure how that's gonna how it's gonna plan out but he's certainly it's been around baseball his, his whole life so i would imagine you know he's he's gonna be just fine for the job and um hopefully uh get some more get some fans and fans back into frisco i know it's a beautiful stadium and there's lots of uh extracurricular activities that they they host around there yep. so uh, it'd be interesting to see. This is going to be interesting to see. Period. With the uh, yeah, I agree. Not very very few COVID restrictions going in, but and that's that's going to be probably the most interesting thing. First and foremost is how he handles that part of getting fans back into the stadium. Yeah, and he mentioned in his press press conference that uh, you know the season's probably going to start a little bit later, but he thinks it'll probably go into September instead of ending at the end of August. So it'd be interesting to see if they actually do have a full season this year after basically having no season whatsoever in 2020. Yeah, nobody would benefit more from getting baseball going right now than all those minor league players that lost the season yeah. last year. So, yeah, if they could get a full season in, that would obviously be just fantastic, even if they do have to go a month month later. But uh, you're not going to get any complaints from those minor leaguers that, uh, that are trying to get their call to the majors. Because last year they lost a year to show what they can do. So yep. when teams were evaluating guys and wanted to call up later on or due to injury, they really didn't have anything to go off uh, except for the year before or the years prior. So it's going to be uh, difficult but uh, doable for minor league baseball this year. And, man, I'm, I just I just hope we get the full deal. Yeah, I agree with you there. I totally hope we do. And not to spoil it, but I put an email in, hopefully – I hope to get Victor Rojas on next week's show so that you and I can talk to him and sort of pick his brain and see what he thinks about it all. That would be certainly awesome. And uh, ask him what it was like with his his former play-by-play, or excuse me, color broadcaster. uh, Interesting combination that they had there. Yep. All right, but that that's uh, that's a little preview. Hopefully, I can get him. I've got a, I've got an email in. We'll see what happens. He he said he wanted to talk to whoever he could. So hopefully. Uh, that'll work out for us. But anyway, let's move on to the Rangers Week in Review. Week in Review. All right, they got a couple of a really highly touted uh, minor league players. So, uh, I mean, obviously we don't know a lot about them because they're uh, not minor league. They don't know a lot about them because they're, you know, from uh, the the international draft. But I've heard good things about a few of them. 
Yeah, you got Jason Morabell, an outfielder from the Dominican Republic. He reportedly signed at $1.8 million. Daniel, Daniel Cueva, a shortstop out of Venezuela, and Jefferson Teneo, a shortstop out of the Dominican Republic. Uh, those those three seem to highlight the, uh, the long list of what the Rangers signed uh, in the international draft. And obviously, it's going to take a while before we start hearing anything about any of these players. Hopefully, we start hearing about them. Uh, but yeah, those three players are the, the three highlights. All uh, all uh, play in the field. No pitchers uh, in those three. But uh, you're kind of you're just hoping that they develop, continue to develop, and get them up eventually. Uh, that they are able to contribute, but as you said, as we've talked about before in last week's prod and last week's podcast, it's going to be hard to tell anything at this moment because we just have so so limited of a knowledge base of them. Yeah, and one thing I'll say is over the years that I've been doing this, the Rangers have hit on a lot of international prospects. They've done a good job in drafting international prospects, even if they haven't played for the Rangers and they've traded them. They've had a lot of those guys hit in the majors. Yeah, they're one of those teams, John Daniels, since he first took over the general manager of the Rangers in the mid-2000s, he put an emphasis on that international signings, um, on those international signings, and they've done a very good job of doing that and developing those players. And yeah, like you said, unfortunately, they some of them end up with other players and impacting them uh, at the major league level with other teams, but they're very, very, very knowledgeable, and they take uh, the international draft very, very seriously. Yeah. And hopefully this this is another another case of just that. Um, they signed it looks like more, more players in this in the draft. They got more players in this draft than any other team, and that's kind of, that's been pretty much the the norm for them every single year. They use that international signing money to uh, to the very limit. <laughs> Yeah, and I, like I said, they've done a good job in the past. So I'm happy when you hear of you know out of a draft like that, three guys that are highly touted. That's I mean that to me is a win, especially if they work out. But I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if these guys can pull it through and do well. Like uh, Daniels, like you said, has been always been big on the international draft and done such a good job. Hopefully that continues with the draft this year. Yeah, and uh, just another reason to keep tabs on the minor league system. Uh, yeah. Again, we, we've talked about, you know, Frisco is going to have some games on Fox Sports Southwest and the Rangers don't play. Uh, and spring training, getting uh, seeing those extended spring games and uh, the, the games on the backfield that you never hear about. And this year would be a good year to try to pay attention to those because you never know which one of the litany of guys that's going to be out there is going to be, you know, two, three years down the road. Maybe you'll you'll be hearing them, hearing their names as is excuse me, as uh, possibilities of being getting a call up and getting a shot. Yeah, one of my two favorites that I interviewed down in, in uh, one in Frisco, one in Round Rock, I interviewed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa a couple of years back. That was fun, right before, like the year before he hit it big and came up with the Rangers. And then old catcher, you may remember him, uh, um, uh, Brett Nicholas. Was, oh, absolutely. I remember that one. That was back in 2014 when you interviewed him. Yeah, really nice guy, really awesome to talk to, and uh, made it with the Rangers a little bit. Never was a full time player, but got up a little bit. He's retired now, so. But that, that he was a really fun interview, and even the my joke with him that night was he hit the walk off home run that night, and I sent some sort of you know sarcastic tweet about my interviewing skills is what caused him to hit that home run. He thought that was hilarious. Interviewing skills and good luck. Well, I can. I had got to interview Fernando Tatis Jr. last year while he was on rehab assignment here in Amarillo. Oh, cool. 
And uh, that was, yeah, he ended up going up and tearing up the league. And, you know, I might be able to claim some fame on that one. Uh, you know, interviewed him and then he goes back up and tears it up. So, yeah, see, that was that was all your skills. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish I only thought that highly of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, speaking of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Joey Gallo and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa both avoided uh, arbitration, which is a big deal. Both signed, you know, contracts that seem pretty good for what they uh, what they are. Gallo, of course, I, I read an article that said that they did. They thought maybe the uh, this was saying they didn't have him in their long term plans. Hopefully, that's not true. But I'm glad they avoided arbitration with both these guys. Yeah, no surprise to see both of them uh, brought back on arbitration arbitration deals. Week uh, in review, their their right to to sign or refuse and let them hit free agency. But this week uh, in Rangers history, we talked about on last week's podcast this is going to be the starting Rangers history. This year, taking the place of Elvis Andrews. So no shock there. He gets two million for Top this year. 10. If he turns out to be Top what 10. Uh, they think and what we hope he can be, that's going to be a definite bargain. Number Especially ten, rebuilding year is this Number year. Number nine. But, um, yeah, that's a definite bargain. Number Gallo eight, six point two. Number for seven. This season and uh, number six. Know, no surprise there. Uh, hopefully, number he does five. Turn out to be a, <laughs> number four. Part of the future plans, but number three. Time will also tell with that one because he number needs to two. stay healthy. Number one and yeah, number he needs one. To make a little more contact. Number and, one. Uh, he does have great days, great plate discipline, but he's got it's either home, home run or bust. He's definitely a number starter, nine. We'll see with him this number year. Number eight. But number one. He's got a number healthy. seven. Yeah, I totally agree number with that. Number six. He does need to stay healthy. But, number you know, hopefully five. he is a he is a great, four. great player. You know, we all know that. Number he, he's three. on the offensive side, number like you two. said, strikeout less, and he was a gold glover number in right field one. this year. So, you know, he's he's got the skills. It's just a few less strikeouts, Thanks for listening hits, to the I think Ranger he would be Report a really podcast. dangerous player. Find us yeah, on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com. Thanks for that? listening to the Ranger yeah, Report that's, podcast. That's, that's pretty good right there. Find us I on Twitter, that in, Facebook, any year and at therangerreport.com. Sure. All right, let's move on to uh, uh, Drew Batera and Justin Anderson. Uh, the Rangers added a couple of other players. Again, they're doing some uh, some wheeling and dealing, but it's not any huge name people that you've heard this of. This is the Butera, Ranger you might Report have heard podcast. Of. He's a veteran uh, catcher, News, been insights, one for a long time. And I think that's just to help uh, Jose and Trevino and have a little bit of veteran backup, you know, helping from him the out. Major leagues and then to the I don't minor know a whole leagues. lot about Justin Anderson and now, to be uh, here's honest your with host. And now here's your host. And now here's your host. Uh, so ben the last Dieter. two and a half with the Rockies. Ben Dieter. And the previous three and a half with the Royals. <clears throat> He's also been with the Twins, Dodgers, and Angels. Minor League Edition. He's a very good defender. I kind of look at him as in the Jeff Mathis type mold. He's review. a really good defender. Good with the great with the pitching staff. Not much at the plate. He's got a this uh, week in Rangers history batting average. So this week in Rangers when history. Is, when he's in the batter's box or behind it, he's very good. So yeah, just some catching depth there to help out Jose Trevino because if Jose Trevino Top can improve 10. on his defense, uh, he obviously brings some hitting tools that you want to see. Number ten. Uh, Number nine. Provided to the Rangers bottom Number half of the eight. line, or bottom third of the lineup. Number seven. And then, uh, as you said, Justin Number Anderson, six. he got a, actually a two-year deal. Number five. And he's 28 years Number old. Number four. Uh, he didn't, he didn't Number uh, three. pitch in 2020. He had Tommy John Number surgery. Number two. And the Angels didn't Number uh, one. tender him this year. They could have offered him a contract. Number 10. Uh, much like Number the Rangers nine. did Danny Santana. Uh, Number eight. Number seven. Number seven. Number uh, six. Let go, so the Rangers number game. five. And, number uh, four. He's going to be more of a reliever number type. Three. Uh, number three. Number two. Average of around 11. Number point, 11, one. 11 strikeouts per nine innings. So 
Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com. Could help out in the seventh inning. Uh, maybe fill in some here and there in the eighth inning. But, uh, again, it's hard to tell right now so early. And as you said, these these signings here right before spring training are not not your headline-grabbing deals, but that's not to be not – that's no surprise. No, not at all. The Rangers are looking to rebuild the minors and pick up a few veterans to help. But yeah, Anderson, like you said, if he can, if he can be anything back to like that eleven strikeouts per nine innings, that'll be a that'll be a steal for the Rangers at at the price they paid for him. Absolutely, he he had a six and three record in a four point seven ERA with five saves with the Angels, and uh, that was one hundred eleven career relief appearances. So, yeah, you're hoping for better than 4.75 ERA, but that was also, you take into account earlier in his in his uh, career there with Anaheim, especially for bullpen pitchers, doesn't tend to go well unless you're Mariano Rivera or somebody like yeah. that. That's exactly right. So, again, both good pickups, I think. I've been I've been pretty happy. I didn't put this on the notes. I'm going to spring this on you. But I've been pretty happy with uh, what Chris Young has done so far as far as the moves he's made over the winter. He hasn't overreacted and done anything crazy. But he's brought in some guys that, you know, have a pretty good chance of helping this club out. Yeah, and one thing of note with uh, the Drew Batera signing, Chris Young played with him with the Royals from 2015 yeah. to 17. So uh, they got a World Series championship together. So yeah, they uh, you can see uh, Chris Young's blueprint kind of being being put on here a little bit, yeah, with some some small signings, but it's there and uh, it's good to see. Just going to be interesting to see you know how much how much he develops as a general manager as well as the team because this is kind of a, a double edged sword here. You got the general manager first year coming in with a bunch of young players at the development stage for the organization as a whole. Yeah, and I think one of the good things about him coming in this year is the expectations are not for him to come in and take them to a World Series in his first year. Like, everybody knows it's a rebuilding year, and I think that's going to be pretty helpful looking at uh, that and him knowing, you know, he's going to get a little bit of a leash because they're not supposed to be great this year. So I think it depends on what he does with the vets and what kind of uh, prospects he gets for them when he does deal some of them during the season because you know that's coming. Yeah, you and you hope he gets that opportunity like with John Daniels did with Mark Teixeira. That was John Daniels' you know breaking through moment. Oh uh, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Uh, but you know, again, nobody's expecting him to come in and light the world on fire, a general manager with, the, with this team, the super young team. So yeah, he's going to get a chance to grow. I mean, it's kind of a perfect situation for a guy to come in as a general manager or a manager or really any type of position such as that in the organization, allow them to grow with the team. So there's no no true expectations for the team or he. I agree. And also, don't forget, guys, we're doing that uh, Best Ranger bracket, which I've taken a couple days off of because I had a stomach bug uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this last week. So that was a lot of fun. But starting tomorrow, we'll start throwing those back up there again. So be sure to go and vote on those at our Facebook page. Uh, yeah, and we'll discuss those as well and, and maybe get into some debates with each other over over who we think should move on and who we shouldn't. We'll agree and disagree with the fans and probably with each other a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely so. And I figured next week on the podcast we would be down to uh, you know, the second round, maybe to the third round by next weekend, and that, then we can really start arguing because uh, we'll have some tough decisions at that point on who moves on. Yeah, some decisions that I'll have to make that I'm already not enjoying. <laughs> Same here. I mean, and I set it up, and I, I there's a few of them that I'm like, eh, this is tough, and already in the first round. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've had I've had I've had a few of those, and um, 
I'm not going to be happy with myself with some of them. And I'm sure some family, friends, and listeners are going to be certainly saying the same and, and quite possibly you as well, Ben. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm sure I'll be cussed by several people several times, uh, you know, but I'm used to it. So it's okay. I'm a teacher for a living. So, you know, I get cussed all the time. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran of the air force. So yeah, yeah, we're good there. We, we can, yeah, exactly. We can, yeah, we, we can take it. It's all right. It's all right. All right. I thought we would do something fun tonight with our top 10 and, uh, you know, look at top 10 minor league team names that I thought might be, uh, you know, entertaining. If you don't know, there are so many minor league teams and there are some that, uh, well, let's just say maybe don't inspire, you know, awe and uh, shock when you hear their names. So I figured tonight that uh, CJ and I would run through and pick uh, each of us would pick five of our favorite ones to give our uh, to give our top 10. And I got to say, where, where you're located that, that's my number 10 team, the uh, Amarillo Sod Poodles. I was going to say, I'm going to have to throw that in there. The Amarillo Sod Poodles. <laughs> do you know what a Sod Poodle is? I do, actually. It's a, uh, it's a uh, psh, oh gosh. I totally forgot the name of it. It is a nickname for a prairie dog. Yeah, there you go. And there's plenty of those around here, and they're not, they're not yeah. the biggest. Uh, there's, there's definitely more fans of the Sod Poodles that play baseball at Hodgetown here in Amarillo than there is that, uh, than the actual prairie dog. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so that name for my number 10 team, I thought the uh, Amarillo Sod Poodles. I mean, and like I said, it's a great name. It's a nickname, but it's just, you know, when you hear the Sod Poodles are coming to town, it doesn't really, sh- you know, give you fear. No, it doesn't. Uh, but they, uh, it's funny there at the stadium. They, uh, whenever they ask the crowd to get loud, it's got a little sod poodle shaking his shaking his butt on the jumbotron. <laughs> it's pretty funny, and and it gets everybody it gets everybody loud. It's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So that's my number ten team. Who do you have at number nine? I'm gonna go with one of my old, one of my all time favorites, and that's the Albuquerque Isotopes. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just rolls off. It's weird. It's definitely something you would not hear from a competitive, the competitive team in any sport, really, unless you're talking about uh, the spelling bee or something. Uh, um, the Colorado Rockies AAA team, uh, the name actually got the name from the Simpsons. And, uh, oh, wow. I didn't yeah, realize that. that one, yeah, they, that's, that's actually been one of my all-time favorites. Not super, not super, not super um, hilarious, but just odd yet rolls off the tongue now it's still cool though i agree with you and there's a few that maybe we'll do one later with ones we actually like a whole lot because there's some good ones too and that one i actually kind of like isotopes that one's pretty cool yeah i like uh well we'll we'll get into that later i was going to tell i was going to give give away one of my one of my favorites that i like just for a team name in general but i'm going to leave that one alone <laughs> all right there you go i'll tell you another one i uh, i really like uh is again does not really uh it's another Texas one, and that is the El Paso Chihuahuas. Oh yeah, the Chihuahuas, the 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 very big, very mean Chihuahuas. And in fact, my parents, I grew up with three Chihuahuas. My parents have a, a Chihuahua now, and he's <laughs> about five pounds, and his name is Moose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, my father-in-law has one. My father-in-law has one. His name is Yeti. So, <laughs> but yeah, one thing one. One thing about Chihuahuas is they nip at your heels, and they're uh, you know really annoying, and they won't go away. And maybe you know that might be a good a good thing for a baseball team if you're known as a team that kind of you know hangs around and won't go away. Maybe that was what they were going for. Yeah, you know that, that could be what they were going for. So that's my team at number eight. Who do you have at number seven? We'll go with that one. At number seven, 
Um, I am going to go with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Good one. Uh, yeah, the Cleveland Double uh, A team, Akron Rubber Ducks. That's uh, you know, if you want to take a bath, you know, maybe a rubber duck would be uh, <laughs> scary. I I don't know where they got that one from, to be honest. But the Akron Rubber Ducks, it just doesn't strike much fear. Yeah, I would have to. Uh, I'd have to agree with you 100 percent on the Akron Rubber Ducks. Uh, that is. That is definitely an interesting one right there. So yeah, I, I think the reasoning behind that speaks for itself. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think I would agree with you on that one. So, uh, all right, going down here, uh, you know, I had one I was thinking about, but I think the uh, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps is my next one. Wow, I, I mean, I don't know if <laughs> the the logo basically looks like a tomato with a pot on its head. <laughs> so that I'm telling you, man, that right there, you know. Is, uh, well, you is did some... your research for that one, that's for sure. Yeah, get your tin caps. Yeah, so yeah, you, the Akron tin cap. I'll tell you what, I don't know what else I could say about that one. I don't, I don't really see where that strikes fear or uh, in anyone's heart. You know, looking at a tomato with a tin cap on its head. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. I'm glad they. Mu- it must be some kind of sponsorship. Definitely some a sponsorship or somebody just getting way too creative. Yeah, yeah, that could be that too. <laughs> All right, what do you got for your next one? <laughs> this is this is funner than I thought it would be. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Lansing Lugnuts, the t- Class A Toronto Blue Jays. Lansing Lugnuts. Um, well, if you don't have your Lugnuts uh, squarely secure on your tires, um, you know what can happen: the wheels can fall off. So maybe that's what they were going with. I don't know. Could be, yeah. The, the lug nuts definitely. You definitely want to have those tightened down, or you're gonna have some trouble. So. Uh... All right, the AA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies is my next one, which this one does make sense because it's the the Rockies, but still the Hartford Yard Goats. I almost stole that one, but I'll let you yeah. have it. All right, well, you know, I mean, Mountain Goats maybe, or, you know, Billy Goats, but but Yard Goats, it sounds like the domesticated version. And, you know, if you're looking for a good team to, to you know, domesticate is not what you're going for, but I got to say, Yard Goats is just like, ah, that one kind of gets me. Yeah, it, it's definitely... Uh... It's not intimidating, and I don't know. It just it just seems like a pet that you would put out uh, in your front yard if the parade was going by. I, that's all yeah, I can yeah. think of when it comes to the yard goats. Yeah, or maybe they should have gone with the fainting goats. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. No offense to anyone in Hartford. Not at all. <laughs> all right, thank you. We're at number three. Yes, sir. I lost count. <laughs> I think we're at number three. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go with uh, this has always been another one of my favorites, the Las Vegas 51s. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Triple A team for Oakland. Uh, obviously, Area 51, the desert, Vegas, all that rolls in there, and they their their logo is actually an alien. So, uh, <laughs> pretty pretty clear what they were going with right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, in Vegas, you can't go wrong with Area 51. People love to talk about it. I mean, what? We stormed it last year, right? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> All right, for my number two team, I have... <laughs> Sorry, I just saw another one I thought I wanted to go, but I'm still going to go with this one. The Missoula Paddleheads. The Paddleheads, yeah. The Paddleheads, man. That They are uh, associated with, uh, I don't remember who they're with, actually. But uh, Missoula Paddleheads, uh, that is, looks like their logo is a moose with a baseball in his, uh, 
in his uh, paddle head. <laughs> so, you know, I just don't know about that one. Like the creek paddle or, you know, canoeing paddle. You could hit somebody with it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, or hit the baseball with it. Not sure why it's a moose, you know, with being being a paddle or, you know, being paddle heads. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that's another good one. What, what is with the moose? Is that, that's my question. Yeah, yeah. All right, and you have the honors of the number one team you think that has a great, uh, not-so-great name. Uh, I'm going to go with something that just sounds delicious, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, I see. I almost picked that one, too. I'm the Marlins, yes. If I wouldn't have eaten dinner right now, I'd probably have to get some uh, Uber Eats and eat (laughs) some Jumbo Shrimp from somewhere because Jumbo Shrimp are just, just delicious, and you don't... Being a baseball team and your name is the Jumbo Shrimp, it just sounds like you're going in there for dinner. Yeah, and I bet you they serve that. I would, I would highly um, expect <laughs> them to serve some Jumbo Shrimp at the stadium. That's. For I mean, that. they better, you know, they better. Yeah, if they don't, it's a disappointment. I'm going to, because, you know, it's our show and we can do what we want. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention that made me laugh a minute ago, and that's Seattle's single-A affiliate, the Modesto Nuts. Yes. Yes, the Modesto Nuts. I almost went with that one uh, yeah. at number nine. But uh, Modesto Nuts is definitely an honorable mention, and uh, it would be Seattle, right? Yeah, that would be yeah, it would be Seattle. And then, of course, you know, there's other good ones, but we'll stop there for tonight. But uh, I thought that would be a little fun just to vary off of Rangers a little bit and have some fun with some minor league team names. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was fun. It was a lot funner than I thought it would be. But, yeah, we, we'll go with some uh, here later on of ones that we really, really like. Yes, we will. All right. Well, uh, I think that was all we had for tonight. I'm trying to think. There's If anything happens, we'll let you know about it during the week on the website or on Twitter. And uh, a lot going on. Again, I appreciate CJ. He is now a fixture on this. So thank you again for being on. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me and look forward to next week. And I'll be spitting out a couple of, uh, of articles this week on the uh, Ranger Report. So be sure to listen in. I will have one out tomorrow, actually. Awesome. Sounds good. And then we'll keep that uh, that countdown or that countdown, the best of Ranger uh, bracket going on as well. So look for all that this week on therangerreport.com. Uh, that's it for us tonight. Thanks, everybody. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.